Sean Mize here for a coaching call today. I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you today because I believe that for many of you, it's going to be an amazing breakthrough. And it's a topic that I don't know that I've ever taught on in this depth before, but I'm going to dig into it with great depth today. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, a client asked me this question earlier today, and in beginning to formulate the response, I thought, wow, I wonder how many others have this same question, have this same challenge. One of the things that I have discovered in my business is that if one person has the guts to ask a question, they're often speaking for many, many people. And in my case, it could be dozens or hundreds of people have the kind of need that somebody asks, if somebody has the guts to ask a question. One of the things that I've discovered over time is that even on this call, when folks ask a question, it's beneficial to to everybody. And in fact, if, if I could have an ideal coaching call, I think it would be 100% Q&A because I would be dealing with real problems all the time as I solve your challenge so that you can grow to the next level. I'd also be solving challenges for others who perhaps haven't asked the question, haven't had the guts to ask the question, or afraid somebody will think it's silly, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when I think about this topic and I think about the solution that I'm going to give you, I believe it is amazingly empowering. I believe it is amazingly empowering when you get over this thing. I believe it will open you up and you'll all of a sudden be able to say, I can do my greatest work. I can do my greatest work. So in sharing this with you, as many of you know, I do two coaching calls. One is this coaching call that's really focused primarily on marketing and funnels and that type of thing. But I also do a coaching call for a spiritual audience that wants that that in, in on that call I do the best I can to try to tie in what is from a spiritual nature in the Bible to the work that we do. And one of the things that I've discovered is that folks that come to both of those calls, I think there's a higher level of empowerment that happens. However, for a number of different reasons, I do hold these calls separately. But today, on both calls, I'm going to teach on this topic, but I'm going to teach from two perspectives. I'm going to teach on this call from a natural, motivational, psychological, marketing perspective. On that call, which is next after this call, I'm going to teach from a spiritual perspective. And I believe that if you attend both calls and you're open-minded to both messages and both messages will impact you, both messages will empower you, and I believe that there will be an exponential impact in your life. If you allow what I share with you here, what I share with you there, to, to kind of sink in and go to the next level. And now, before we talk about this, 
And I'll give you the topic, and some of you know the topic already, and that is how to deal with the fear of rejection in your business. You see, you will be rejected in your business, and so there's a natural and ordinary, you'd be weird if you didn't have some hesitation or fear or trepidation about the issue of being rejected because you will be rejected in this business. In fact, if we think across life, we will be rejected on many levels in life. So I'm going to share with you some things that will help you, help you break through. But before I do that, I want to suggest to you that I believe that for many of you, one of the big things that's holding you back in your business, whether you realize it or not, back in some primal part of your mind, that you are afraid that what you produce won't measure up. You're afraid that what you produce won't measure up. And therefore, you don't produce it. Now, for some people, that shows up as perfectionism. And, you know, I've dealt with perfectionism before. And, and on this call, I have dealt with perfectionism before where folks are absolutely frozen to be able to create anything because they spend a month writing a beautiful book, but it has three grammatical errors. So they spend another month hunting for those errors, and then the next month they realize that, that some paragraph is misplaced, and so the whole book must be messed up. And So they spend another month fixing that. A year later, they haven't released their book, but now there's no fire inside of them. Now they have no desire to re release the book because they've read it so many times that it just doesn't feel good to them anymore. The challenge is that hundreds or thousands or maybe even millions of people missed out on the message in the book because of the perfectionism. But I think that the root of it is a fear of rejection, a fear of somebody saying to you, you have a grammatical error. And back in the back of your mind, you're, you're put back in third grade where some teacher came over to your desk with a long ruler and pointed at you looked down her nose at you and said, you've got to be on this. In front of everybody in your class, you've got to be on this paper because you have three grammatical errors. And then she walked off. Now, that may not have been what happened to you. You have a similar scenario in your own mind of something that happened to you in your past that holds you back from being everything that you can be right now today. And so today... We're going to talk about this fear of rejection. But first of all, I want to ask you, deep down inside, do you think it's possible that something inside of you is saying, I am afraid of rejection. I am afraid that if I produce this product, nobody will buy it. I'm afraid if I write this ebook that it won't help anybody. I'm afraid that somebody will read it, and when they read it, they will say this doesn't measure up and this isn't good enough. Are you afraid that you will create something that's not quite complete? I mean, you do this 15-step program, but somebody points out to you that four, four, step 14 is not quite right for them, and so they gripe and complain and moan. Or maybe it's a legitimate. It's legitimate. They write you and they say, you know, you didn't teach on this. You're scared to produce something. Have you ever had that happen? You're afraid of putting a blog post out because you're afraid that somebody won't like it. Here's, here's where it really comes out. You know, I have people that, that say, you know, I, I want to I teach people this, 
but I'm afraid to put it on my Facebook page because I'm afraid that old Aunt Edna, who's crotchety anyhow, oh, they don't mention that, but she's crotchety anyhow. I'm afraid that old Aunt Edna's not going to like this, and she's going to send me a scathing email, and she's even going to unfriend me. Have, have, have you ever held back online in producing something because you were afraid of it being rejected? If so, I believe it's almost everybody here. If so, what I'm going to share with you today is going to help you and change you. First of all, I want to talk about the negative side of it, and we're going to talk about the positive side. I could do this the other way around. I could talk about the positives first. We're going to talk about the negatives first. It's just a choice. It's a binary choice. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I taught this again next week. I hope that I don't. Why? Because anybody that wants to learn about this topic in the future would be able to study this training because I won't need to teach it again because I'm teaching it right now. So we're going to talk about the negative first. We're going to talk about the negative first. So first of all, I want to talk about you produce a product and there's something wrong with it. You produce that product and you sell it to 100 individuals and for three people, step 14, there's something wrong with it. And I want to look at it from the natural that there really is something wrong with it. This isn't just a gripe or a moan or a complainer. This is a legitimate concern that something's missing in 14. What do you do? Here's what I do. I say, oh, thank you very much for letting me know that that's missing. And then I can go record a new training that does not replace 14, but is an addendum to 14. If you've studied a lot of my trainings in the past, you'll notice that sometimes I'll have 10 trainings, and then they'll be like 10.2. Why is there a 10.2? Because I forgot to add something on the lesson 10. I don't want to re-record lesson 10. So I do a five-minute addendum, and I, I name it 10.2, or I name it an addendum. And now my product now is now complete. So from a product perspective, perspective, I don't have to worry about rejection because anything that I produce in good faith that I'm doing the best job that I can, anything that I produce can be fixed at a later time. Now, over the course of the last 11 years, I've produced something like 140 or 150 true training programs and, and maybe 300 that would qualify as being a training or something that was sold as a package or something like that. Out of that, I've had a handful, and I don't know if it's 5 or 10 or 12, products that when I put them out there, I find that folks just aren't raving about them. They're not excited about them. They're, maybe they don't get people results. Something's wrong with them. Well, because of the fact that I'm prolific, I can pull those out of my funnel. Does it really make any difference if I have 300 trainings or if I have 292? It doesn't make a difference. But what's the key to that? It's being prolific. Being prolific. You see, if you speak and you only speak once a year and you mess that up, huh, that's tough. If you do a weekly call and you only do one per year and you mess that up, that's tough. If you create one product every three years and you mess that one up, that's tough. But if you speak every week, if you do a weekly coaching call every week, 
if you do a faith-based or a spiritual-based call every week, if you hold a class of some sort every week, if you coach clients every week, if you write an email every day, if you write an article every day, and your 19th article doesn't measure up, who cares? Who cares? If your 19th product doesn't measure up, who cares? The two things. Number one, people are going to forgive you. Why? Because you're human. In fact, it might be good to mess up on product number 19. It shows that you're human. You're human. You messed up. You apologize and you move on. And by 20 is better and you learn from the experience. And so one of the keys to overcoming the fear of rejection in your business is being prolific. Because the more that you produce, the more people will forgive. You see, I'm going to make a statement that this isn't bragging or anything like that. And it's, I believe it's very true when I look at what people are actually studying. I produce more content every week than 98% of my clients consume. And it means for almost every person that's listening to me right now, there are pieces of content I will produce this week that, A, you may never see, depending on where you're at in my business, my funnel, your coaching, your progress. There's some things you're not ready for yet. So if I produce something you're not ready for live this week, I may not tell you about it. There are things that you have access to that you've never taken the time to study. There are things I will produce this week that you will think are not relevant for you. But because of the fact that I produce so much, if something that I share doesn't quite connect, you know that you can go to something else and you can still learn from me this week. You can still, almost everybody this week can get three to four hours of live training from me this week if you just show up to everything. What does that mean? What that means is I can goof up on minute 55 of training three and it won't be a big deal. Okay. The second negative thing is that no matter how good you are, there you have detractors. No matter how good you are, you will have detractors. It's just nature. It's human nature. Because a percentage of people in this world are detractors part of the time. Now, they, I don't want to label people as detractors. You know, you're a detractor 100% of the time. Now, the truth of the matter is we all are on a detraction scale. We're all, every one of us is on a detraction scale that probably runs from 10 to 90. Because if it ran from 0 to 100, I mean, an ultimate detractor wouldn't even wake up in the morning. They'd just be like, you know, I just, I'll just lay here. And I won't get up. And then tomorrow they don't get up. And after 30 days of not getting up, well, you just don't get up. So that would be a hundred. So I don't believe there's any hundreds in the world because they would just, they just wouldn't get up. And after so many days of not getting up, well, you don't get up anymore. And then there's, I don't think there's any zeros in this world because if you're a zero, it's like you don't have anything inside. You're, you're empty. And if you're empty, well, you're not really here, right? So, so on a detraction scale, most people range from somewhere like a 5 or a 10 up to like an 85 or a 90. So me, I, there's a percentage. Of, I'm not going to tell you my number. If you've been following me for a long time, you should know my number. 
you should get real close. If I did a survey of 25 people, we averaged your numbers, you'd come up with my number. I mean, statistically speaking, it happened if you spent a good bit of time with me. So I have a detraction scale. So a per certain percentage of the time, I detract other people. I, I look people in the eyes and say, you, you can't do that. You're not good enough for that. So percentage of the time, I might do that. Other people are a different place on the detraction scale. So other people might be a, a, you know, some people might be a 10 on the detraction scale, and only one out of 10 times would they ever look somebody in the eye and say, ah, you, you can't really do that. But other people are like a 9 out of 10 on the detraction scale, and 9 out of 10 times when they see what you're going to be able to do, they're going to say there's something wrong with it. Their natural default is to say there is something wrong with it. I have people on my list. Their natural default is to read a sales letter or come to a training or come to something like this or go to my community or go to a forum and, and see something and immediately send me an email that says there's something wrong with it. Okay, now me being the positive person that I am, you know what I do? I have to ask, did you get any other value out of the rest of it? Because if you didn't, what would you read it for? Did you get any other value out of my call? No? What do you come to my calls for then? I mean, seriously. So remember, we're talking about the negative here. Right? So, that, I mean, this is, I'm not like this all the time, but we're, I'm just saying, if I have a worst case scenario, somebody that's like that, my thought process has to be, is, is this just you? You like this with everybody? Because if you're like this with everybody, I, I'm not going to take offense. This is just who you are. You know, it's kind of like if somebody always dresses really bad around you, but they never wear deodorant around you, or, you know, they, they just never wash their hair, and so you get close to them, it's just stinky, right? If, if, if you evaluate and you're like, well, the only time they don't wash their hair is when I'm going to be around, right now, now I have a personal problem, right? But, but if that's how they act all the time, how can I take that personally? It's your choice. You know what? Deodorant? Fine. Whatever. Whatever. I don't wear deodorant some days. Who cares? Right? Because it's not personal. But here's the thing. Almost everybody that rejects you in your business, it's not personal to you. Why? Because they are detractors and rejectors on a portion of their life. And they do it to other people. They do it to their family. They do it to their friends. They do it to their enemies. And they do it to you. You're not special. So why, why feel rejected? You're not special. You just you, you ought to just feel part of the club because they treat everybody that way. They treat you that way. Do you see where I'm getting at here? You, just a percentage of people who buy your training will reject it and ask for a refund. And because they don't have the right level of pride and self-confidence in their life to say, I'd like a refund, period. They have to say, I'd like a refund because the training that you've produced is the absolute worst training that I've ever heard in the entire world. It's even worse than the one I asked for a refund yesterday from somebody that's much better than you, but they did a horrible job. Well, yours is even worse than that. Yours is so worse that you should never even create another training in your whole entire life. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible training. Okay, now, if you've never received an email like that, you haven't been in business very long. No, I'm really, I'm serious. If you've not received an email like that, you haven't been in business very long. So if you receive an email like that once a month, join the club. Join the club. 
because it's like a percentage of people who buy from you will ask for a refund, and a percentage of those people do not have the self-confidence within themselves to be able to say, I'd just simply like to have a refund. Period. That sometimes they'll tell you why they want a refund, and that's okay. You know, something changed in their life, uh, something happened bad in their life, et cetera, et cetera. And that's okay. But I'm telling you, the ones that make it seem as though they are rejecting you, they are not rejecting you. They are that way to everybody in their life. You're not special. And so if you allow those people to get under your skin, you're pretending as though you're special. You want to be special. I, I mean special in the special kind of way. I'm not talking about special in a good kind of way. I'm talking about special in a special kind of way. Do you, you know, when you kind of talk about people and you see someone on the street and they have an odd interaction with you and you look at the person you're with and you say, they're, they're kind of special. They, so they think they're special. They're a little, do I dare use this word, entitled. Are you that way? Are you entitled? Are you special? No? So then why would you allow somebody else's specialicity or entitlicity to bother you? You don't want to step down to that level, do you? Folks, I get opt-outs on my list probably every day. I mean, maybe some days it's three and some days it's zero and some days it's ten. But on an average basis, I, I get opt-outs all the time. What, what does that mean? Somebody doesn't like me anymore. I even get a oh, horrible word. I get spam complaints. People like me so little that they hit the little button that says, I'm going to report you to the email authorities because I hate your emails. Have we gotten an email like that? Guess what? If you haven't, you haven't been in business very long, you haven't sold very you haven't been very aggressive, welcome to the club. I hope all of you have gotten an email like that. You say, Sean, why would you do that? Because I do, because I hope you're part of the club. It is a special club. It's an exciting club. Because the more sales and the more money you make, the more detractors there's going to be, the more rejectors are going to be, the more refunds are going to be, the more hate mail there's going to be, the more people are going to tell you the worst training in the entire world. Period. So welcome to the club. Okay. All right. We're done with the negative stuff. And, and honestly, folks, that's, for most of my career, the, the attitude that I've just given you is one that I've used to get through most of that stuff. And, and it, was the mo it was the worst when I first started you know, this is worse. I, I have to make this 45-minute story up about why this person is so miserable that they have to chew me out. After, of course, after, after I sucked my thumb and pulled my blue blanket around and all of that, right? And after you've been doing this for 11 years, you're just kind of like, oh, oh, another one of those emails? <laughs> um, you know, those people are, ha that person's having a bad day. Hey, I wonder if, I wonder if they treat their friends like, oh, they probably did. They're having a bad day. And then maybe if I'm having a good day, um, I don't know, I shouldn't even say this because this doesn't happen much. But seriously, if I'm having a good moment, maybe I would take 10 seconds and pray that that person would just have a better day. Because their day obviously didn't start very well. If it's 5.02 in the morning, they had to send me hate mail, right? <laughs> They're set up to have a – I shouldn't even laugh, folks. But can, can we just have some humor out of this? That person is set up to have a horrible day if somebody doesn't intervene, Right? They woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and they sent me hate mail. 
they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And so if I'm feeling loving today at 5.13 in the morning, maybe I say, dear God, please give them something to get them through this day because they're going to have a rough one like it is. Right? Right. So let's look at the positive side of, of this. The positive side of, of all of this is that 95% of the people who purchase from you, 95% of the people who follow you, and by the way, I, I want to make a clarity statement here. Just because you have 100 people on your email list doesn't mean that you have 100 followers. You have 100 people on your email list that have hot little fingers and they type their name and address into opt-in boxes. Seriously, if somebody's on your list, all that means is that they type their hot little fingers onto a hot little button that says name and email address and give me an immediate download, right? That's the lowest common denominator. And everyone, oh, wow, this is like a training all by itself. I better not spend too much time on this. We'll do an idea of fear of rejection, right? Because guess what? Every single person who joins your list on day one is just a name and email putter in a boxer. That's it. That's all they are. That's all they all they want is an immediate download. Now, it may be an immediate download because you teach them how to do something, and since you teach them how to do something, they'd like to learn it. But guess what? They don't know you from Adam. They don't know you from Eve. They don't know you from Jane or John or anybody else. They don't have a clue who you are. All they know is that you learn from somebody how to write some fancy words on a page that say, discover the secret to doing X, Y, Z. And all you got to do is put your name and email address in the box below, and I'm going to send you a handy-dandy 57-page report. They don't know if you're a liar or a truth teller. They don't know if your 57-page report is going to be two pages or it's going to junk or it's going to be good or anything else. Every single person that comes onto your list, folks, starts at square zero. Zero. They have zero trust in you. They like you at level zero. They'll never buy anything from you at this point. They have no interaction with you. They are colder than cold traffic if you walked up to a stranger in the mall. Right? At least a stranger in the mall, you can look at them and you can see who they are. They have no idea who you are. And it is your responsibility in the next 24 hours to convince them that you are who you say you are. And that means it's a 57-page report. It's a 57-page report. If you tell them that it's a secret, it's a secret. If you tell them that this is the most amazing thing since the Amazon was discovered, it better be the most amazing thing since the Amazon was discovered. If you tell them this is going to change their life if they read the doc, they better change their life. Because if you told them that it's going to change their life and they read the doc and it does not change their life, what do they conclude? That if they ever buy anything from you, it's not going to be what you say it is. Or if they ever continue to read your emails, they're not going to be what they say they are. And so I could teach on this for an hour. I don't have the time. we another topic here. It is absolutely imperative that from very first email, from the very first download, from the very first interaction they receive from you, that you are over and above professional. And by the way, one of my biggest pet peeves, and here's how you can kill professionalism and how you can kill people from ever wanting to be on your list, is when they hit the immediate download button and they receive a page that says, 
oh, I'm sorry, it's not really an immediate download, but you must go over to your email box in the next 10.2 minutes and hit a confirm button, and then if you pass quality check, then you'll receive your immediate download. Ha ha, it's not really immediate. My, one of my biggest pet peeves in this business, and I think that that pet peeve probably cuts a lot of folks' business down by 70% right there when it happens. Okay, back to fear of rejection. By the way, talk about fear of rejection. There's probably somebody listening to me today that says, Sean, I don't need this. I'm past this. And for that person, they're even rejecting me. I want you to think about that because I assume you're engaged. You're not rejecting me. You're hanging onto the edge of your seat waiting for what I'm going to say next, right? Right? That's where you are, right? But I want you to imagine there is somebody else hearing the sound of my voice right now who is actively rejecting me. How do you feel about that person? It doesn't make me any different, does it? It doesn't make me any worse, does it? I'm still me. You like me or not. Okay, so most of the people who read your first email and like it will read your second email. The people who don't like your first email, hopefully they'll just opt out. I mean, seriously, I love it when people opt out. Why? Because you don't belong. You're going to be kind of like if I held an exercise class. And I said, okay, I'm going to do an exercise class. We're going to do, we're going to do squats for one hour. And the only people I want in my exercise class are people that can just squat with me for an hour. We're going to do 30 squats a minute for 60 minutes. And the only people that are going to get entitled to whatever I'm going to provide at minute 61, chocolate cake, you know, a visit to the moon, whatever. You can't get it unless you can hang with me 30 squats, 60 minutes, 1,800 squats, or whatever that number. What is that? Is that 1,800? 180. 1,800. Okay. So if after three minutes, some people stand up and walk away, is that any reflection on me? No, that's a reflection on them. They came to do 30 squats a minute, but after three minutes, croaked. Is that a reflection on me? No. I told them up front, we're doing 30 squats a minute for 60 minutes. You're in or you're out. Give it a try. That's all it is. Well, that's how it is when they come to your list. You say, I'm going to teach you this, this, and this. I'm going to teach you how to do this. I'm going to give you some homework assignments. I'm going to change your life. Well, they come in, they get email three, and it has a homework assignment to go do this, and they're like, you know, this is too much work. Opt out. Who's that reflection on? You? Your homework assignment? No. Now, if everybody opts out on three, you probably need to go in and go, oh, wow, maybe something's wrong with homework three. Maybe it's too tough. Maybe the gauntlet's too high whatever the case is. But, you know, most people are responding to email one, then most of those respond to email two, most of those respond to email three. You sell 100 units of your training program, and three people ask you for a refund, and you go home and you cry about it, and you can't believe somebody would ask a refund, and now you just want to destroy your product because somebody didn't like it, so therefore it must be horrible. Well, wait a second. What about the 97 people who, who bought it? What about the 97 people who listen to the first 10 minutes of it and their, their husband or their wife or their kids start screaming about something and they stopped listening to it and they forgot all about it, never came back to it? It doesn't mean it's a bad training. It means they got interrupted and didn't come back to it. They got interrupted and they read another email from somebody else and so they bought another product that they're only going to listen to the first 10 minutes of. There's no reflection on you. 
So then out of the 100 people that buy it, there's 10 people who really engage. And one of those 10 people, you remember the story? Okay, yes, we're going to mix this here for just a moment on this call. Remember the story of Jesus with the lepers? There's 10 sick people, and they're all sick. And I don't remember if they came to him or he came to them. But he said, okay, just get well. Just be well. You're healed. You're just, you're well. Miracle. Done. Now go. The Bible tells us that one of them walked back and said, by the way, Jesus, you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't know exactly the words. I probably spoke in Hebrew or Aramaic or something, so I'd probably be completely off on these words. But he said something along the lines of, you know, Jesus, I was just thinking, it's been a couple of days, and you really healed me, and wow, this is really cool. Thank you. What about the other nine? They still got healed. Same thing in your training. If somebody writes you an email that says, wow, that helped me, if one person tells you that that helped you, something like 10 or maybe even 100 people got help from your training. They just didn't come back and say thank you. You've got to remember that. You've got to remember that, folks. You're in this for the 97 whose lives you can change. And if you allow the three detractors to prevent you from changing the 97 lives, what are you in this business for? By the way, I don't want to be too negative. I feel really, really bad. I'm, a few months ago, I made a comment like that. It was kind of like, you can't hang, just quit. And somebody took me literally. And by the way, when you listen to this call later, you'll know who you are. And, and I know I apologized to you in email, but... I still feel really bad about that because it wasn't literal except in a little bit of a way. It's, it's kind of like you've got to work with what you've got, and if you've only got 12 minutes a day to work, well, just give it yourself 12 minutes. But if during those 12 minutes you're, you're just going to throw everything away because of detractors, so the truth of the matter is, folks, every one of you is empowered to do something great in your industry. You are empowered to do something great in your niche area. You can change lives. You can change lives. you just got to recognize there will be rejectors, there will be detractors, there will be people that are unhappy with you. You must keep in the forefront the ones that you're doing this for. You must remember the rule of ten which means that a minimum of like 10% of people are going to say thank you. I, I, I think sometimes, and sometimes I get in the doldrums too. You know, if I go a couple of days and somebody doesn't send me an email that says, man, you changed my life, I start wondering, I go, am I making a difference? What am I doing this for? Should I just go get a job somewhere and make toys or something? Because at least kids would play with the toys and they'd have a good time. And Maybe when I die... I'll get, a, get to watch a recording in heaven. There'll be a video that shows the 190 children that got to play with the toys I made. And they're all giggling and they're all happy. And I made them happy because I made toys for them, right? Because the truth of the matter is there are people that are consuming my training every single day and coming back for more that those lives change. And, and it's then my responsibility to keep that in my mind. Those are the people I'm doing it for, folks. Those are the people that you're doing it for. I want you to put that forefront in your mind. Those are the people that you're doing it for. Now, I want to talk about one more thing. 
that is not exactly along these lines, but it's the power of polarity. It's the power of polarity. So would you rather have 90% of people on your list be kind of lukewarm and be like, yeah, Sean's okay. Yeah, he's all right. Teach is okay. Or would you rather have half your list be like, you know what? Sean's horrible, and I hate what he teaches, and he's stupid, and, and he doesn't understand the market, and he's, he's so contrary, he's contrary. But 50% of the people are like, you know, I really like Sean because he takes a stand for what he thinks. He takes a stand for how he believes the industry's moving, even if he is wrong once in a while. He, he takes a stand for what he's going to do. He, well, he has been successful, and he tells us what it is, and I really like Sean. Which would you, what would you want? Do you, would, would you rather have 90% of the people on your list be kind of like, you know, you do kind of an okay job? Or would you rather have 50% be like, you know what, you're horrible, but another 50% say, you, you, you're really good. Some people in this world, they use this, I think this is a cultural thing, you're the bee's need. You know, the truth of the matter is, I would rather be so polarized in my business that only 10% of people would say Sean rocks, but those 10% follow me, respect me, would do anything for me because they believe that what I teach is rock solid, this rock solid truth. It may be contrary, it may be different, but guess what? Most everything online that's being taught anyway isn't getting people where they want to go, so why not be contrary and do things a little bit different? I want, I'd rather have 10% of people that are just rock solid loyalists and 90% of people think that everything that I do is worthless because it's different than the, the mainstream. Now, I believe it's higher than 10%, but me personally, I'd rather have that small group of followers and a whole bunch of people that don't care. Because that's how it is, folks. And if you try to be all things to all people and never get rejected, you will be nothing to anybody. You'll have watered down nicked up training. Seriously. You'll have watered down, nicked up training. You've got to make a decision. And so here's the thing. If you make the decision that, you know what, I want to be so good and sometimes being so good has to be so contrary. Because what's the whole premise of this online business thing? It's about coming in and finding a hole in the market and solving it, right? It's not like being like everybody else. Well, if, if you're going to be like everybody else, if you're going to if, if you're going to be like everybody else, well, what's the point in being there? You know, think about all the computer companies out there that are just like everybody else. They don't last very long, do they? But then you have a big company like uh, Apple, and they said, we're going to do things differently. We don't care if it's only 50% market share whatever it is now, 13%. We don't care if it's only 13% market share, but we're going to be the best. What if Apple had come along and they're like, you know, we just want to be like everybody else. Well, they probably wouldn't be around today. And if they were, they'd just be like everybody else. And my goodness, the PC path it is right now, if Apple hadn't come along and, and created fonts, and created a GUI, and I mean, if, if Apple hadn't come along and created those things, the wannabes that are all copycats, 
I don't even know what our computers would look like. They'd probably be this old DOS screen that I studied when I was in high school, my last year in high school. We had a little DOS screen, and we programmed in, I don't remember what it was, Unix or something. I don't know. I mean, seriously. Think of Oprah Winfrey. If she'd have, if she'd have just been like, if I remember correctly, a, a television producer told her when she was 18 or 19, you'll never amount to anything. <laughs> well, I guess never amounting anything is where she's at now. Maybe we should all wish for not amounting to anything, right? But how did she do it? By being different. Oprah's different. And guess what? There's a whole bunch of copycats now. Oprah was probably one of the very first people that would bring in people like Dr. Phil, people, unknown people, and put them on their couch in, in, in this television room and ask them good questions and bad questions and inflammatory questions and make people and break people. And now everybody wants to do it. How about the first survivors type of show? How about the first survivor? It was different, wasn't it? But here's the thing. You're in this business because you're going to be different. And if you're going to be different, you are going to be rejected. And so we talk, started out talking about you know, how to get over the fear of rejection. I want to flip this for you and say I want to welcome rejection. Can I tell you a secret? If I'm working on a big project and nobody pushes back, guess what? I'm not working on anything great, am I? Seriously. If I, if I wrote an email and I said, I got this brand new idea that's going to rock the world, and it's, the reason it's going to work is because these parts of the business are not working and because I see that this is going to happen in the future and this is how we're going to intercept it, it's a big idea. And nobody comes along and says, well, Sean, you know, I think you're wrong. You're bucking all the trends. You must be wrong. If nobody comes along, I probably must have a really old, tired, worn-out idea that I just think is original. Seriously. And so I encourage you to move from a place of fearing rejection to welcoming it. Because if you welcome it and you invite it, then you, now I can't tell you that you're doing good work unless I personally evaluate your work. But I can tell if you're getting rejected, at least you're doing something different. At least something different that has half a chance of being embraced by some part of the market. I'm going to give you one more example and we better, we better close up. I want you to imagine that you wake up one day and you say, you know, I think there's a hole in the shoe market. And I think in the shoe market, there should be a new kind of shoe that, that uh, you know, it, it has five points on the bottom instead of one or two. So now we have a front of the shoe and then we have a heel. Two points. Well, some people might be shaky on two-pointed shoes, right? But what if, what if somebody were to come out with five-pointed shoes? I mean, these shoes had, right in the middle, you had two points that went down and they were platforms, like a giraffe almost has platforms underneath and then there were like three tentacles you know you know how when there's a crane and they're going to have something really heavy and they lift they have those outriggers that come out and they kind of put them into the ground well imagine if your shoes had those outriggers on them and and you were getting older you'd had an injury or something and you're a little unstable you could wear those kinds of shoes and you wouldn't be unstable anymore okay now that's a really crazy idea right i mean that's really nuts that's a nutso idea the truth of the matter is, 
if we were to put that out in the market, there'd be a whole lot of people. There'd be bloggers and, and there'd be news people and there'd be people in the shoe market that would say, oh, that'll never work. That'll never work. That's a dumb-looking shoe. You have to put a dress on that shoe to make it look right. Oh, wow. Yeah, there we go. Now, there's two models to the shoe. There's the basic outrigger giraffe shoe, and then there's a giraffe shoe shoe that's got a, it's got a dress on it, and that one's an extra 100 bucks. And guess what? What if that were to take off? What if, what if just 10 people in this world who cannot walk unassisted were able to now walk us unassisted because they had those shoes, and you changed 10 people's life? Would you not welcome the rejection? Here's the thing. If you're doing anything meaningful in your business, you're creating something like giraffe shoes. Seriously. If you're, if you're doing anything meaningful in your business, you're building giraffe shoes. People are going to laugh at you. They're going to think that they're funny. They're going to think that you're, you're whatever, you know, whatever moniker you like to use for people that are, that are uh, less than average on your scale of, of, uh, of okay. Right? Whatever word you use, guess what? People are going to think that about you because you're building giraffe shoes. And I encourage you, build giraffe shoes. Because the truth of the matter is, that's what I've done in this business for the last 11 years. That's what I'm actively doing right now. Right now, I'm not doing what anybody else has done in the past. I'm doing something new that moves us into the future. I'm doing something new that's going to change the world in the industry, in this industry, for the next decade. I'm building giraffe shoes. And the truth of the matter is, people are going to tell me I'm wrong. It won't work. It can't be done. It won't work for me. But for the people whose lives are changed, that's got to make me feel kind of good, right? Folks, embrace the rejection. Do something powerful in your niche and stop holding yourself back because of people that tell you that it cannot be done, that you're wrong, that send you emails that, uh, that are dejecting or rejecting or anything like that. Folks, I am telling you right now that you are empowered to change your niche and to do it in such a way that welcomes rejection. Folks, go out there and make it happen.